Welcome everyone to uh, tonight's program. <clears throat> and um, it's 41 years, huh? Yeah. So 41 years ago, I was uh, the Swami in the Melbourne Ashram in Fitzroy. And uh, we were having a, a two-day program uh, that weekend. And it was Sunday morning, and I was uh, writing, working on my talk for the next day. And a phone call came. It was from South Fallsburg headquarters. And it was the, uh, the head of the foundation calling me to tell me that Baba had taken samadhi. And we were doing the, the we, of course, we never finished that intensive. It was on the Vigyana Bharava, great text. But I had to uh, go downstairs to the uh, chanting hall where they were doing the Guru Gita that morning and, and stop the Guru Gita and announce it. And, you know, from the, uh, from the point of view of wisdom, the path of wisdom, uh, the self never dies. And one knows that. The self is eternal. Uh, there's a, we know the body dies, but the self, the essence of a person never dies. And from the point of view of a yogi, a yogi knows that uh, the shakti, the spiritual energy, is always there. And so uh, Baba's energy is still there, and we still feel that today. But from the point of view of uh, a bhakta, a devotee, a devotion, the path of Devotion, it's devastating when uh, such a great being goes. Of course, you can't help but feel the loss. Baba was so, uh, such a powerful figure. He was so real, so in your face, at the same time so humorous and so uh, intelligent and so uh, funny and so loving, filled with love and so much energy around him. It was extraordinary person. He was, uh, he was a three-ring circus every time you were with him. Uh, so it was uh, a terrible loss. But it's great to get together because every Saturday night when we come together and remember him, we, I feel that same energy, especially on a night like this. Uh, <clears throat> I always look through on a, on a special night, his birthday, his samadhi, uh, Guru Purnima, special celebration. I go into my archives. I have to descend down a winding flight of stairs, hundreds of feet below, below the surface, into a vault. And there I have ancient yellowing manuscripts. And they are transcripts of Baba's original programs, unedited transcripts. And I go and I pick out one. And so <clears throat> I picked one for tonight. I'm going to say that. <laughs> uh, and um, I picked one out from a, a New York program at South Fallsbury, a question and answer with Baba from the 7th of August, 1979. Um, and as, uh, as David Ma pointed out, Baba would begin by saying in Hindi, Sabkovarisan Mani Kesat with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he said, 
before a person learns anything in this world, if he were to learn this, to welcome others, then this world wouldn't remain a mere world, it would become a paradise. Although the world is nothing, the world is nothing but heaven, due to our ignorance we create hell in this heaven. He would always say that. I used to think, well, the world is hell. And then Baba said, this world is heaven. It's your viewpoint, it's your attitude that makes it hell. If you learn the right attitude, if you go deep within and know yourself, this world turns into heaven for you. <clears throat> and he said, now Vasudev will read the poetry to you. Um, Vasudev later became Swami Vasudevananda. He was a Swami who'd been an actor. Bob used to say there are two kinds of Swamis, those who'd been actors and those who'd been professors. <laughs> and there's some who are sort of professors who are kind of actors. Um, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> Vasudev was a, a New York actor and he would read, during this period, he would read uh, from Baba's poems, which later became the book, The Voice of the Self. And so I thought I'd share a few of them. Uh, not all that he read that night, but here is, he says, Vasudev um, says, tonight Baba sent two introductory mantras that he wants to begin the reading with every night. This is how they go. <clears throat> this is Baba's writing. The world appears through his light. Without him, it remains invisible. The entire cosmos is the radiance of his own self, of course, the divine. Belong to everyone, he is the self of all. Without his grace, you cannot attain true peace. These are the immortal words of Sri Guru Nityananda. And the second verse is, just by remembering him, you experience grace. <clears throat> it's not clear whether by remembering God or remembering Bhagavan Nityananda. Of course, by remembering the guru, one who is a pure channel of the divine, you can experience that shakti, that grace, that upliftment. And you could say that Baba's path was the way of shakti, the way of upliftment, the way of grace. He says, by remembering this, you experience grace. His grace takes the form of Shaktipat, or the awakening. So you are asleep to this, this dimension of life, a dimension of life that most people are asleep to. Uh, and once we receive Shaktipat, we meet the Shakti, we come in touch with this energy, divine energy. In Christianity, they call it the Holy Spirit. And it's known in all paths as a, an, an extraordinary dimension. We get in touch with that and we, we start to understand there's higher dimensions of life. He says, <clears throat> this yoga culminates through that grace. The inspiration of Nityananda is true. It is truth and consciousness. Those are the introductory. I'll read a few, a few of these verses. Verse 121, <laughs> freed from the pull of the world, you will drown in an ocean of bliss. When you attain Brahman, which is the eternal, the state of liberation, when you attain Brahman, the state of liberation, conflicts will vanish. Fear and misery 
will be destroyed. It's saying that no matter what our problems in life, that if we get in touch with that higher power, those problems vanish. We see things from a new perspective. Another one. Supreme Shiva, the protector, the lord of the universe, is the one who has given you life. All pervasive, illumining all, he dwells in the cave of the intellect. Another one. <clears throat> At this very moment, oh dear one, become a meditating yogi. Meditate constantly, not off and on. Turning tears into laughter, banish your fear. And uh, one more. You are the child of God. Trust to his care. Pursuing yoga at every moment, live without worry or fear. What is pursuing yoga? It means connecting with that higher power. Don't leave it out of the equation. We usually live at a lower level in mundane events, this, that, the other thing. And, we, and our state depends on success or failure in these other things. And so, uh, so it's saying stay in touch with that. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, that's good. Now I'll show you something. Before I get to Baba's main, <laughs> before I get to Baba's main talk, <clears throat> this is just an aside. What? I will. <clears throat> you see, there's there's been always a, a a lot of debate in India from the uh, the Vedantins against the Samkins the Shaivites against the Vedantins, the Vaishnavas against the Shaivites, um, and the Hindus against the Buddhists. And those debates go on. The, the Buddhists say there is no self, the Hindus say there is a self. So that debate goes on. Even uh, in the ashram, that debate went on as recently as yesterday. And I thought I'd show you a few seconds of that debate. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Gopal, Gopal saw the statue of the Buddha out there, and he started barking <laughs> intensely. And the reason I can show it is because um, <clears throat> Gopal, who is a very active young boy, uh, possibly swallowed a, a little battery. And so he was rushed to the hospital. I just got the thumbs up that he's okay. So that's good. Love is grace. <clears throat> so he's protecting us from the Buddhists. <laughs> but if you are a Buddhist, you can make your position clear to him. He's young yet, and he can understand. I try to tell him that the Buddha was a Hindu. The Buddha was a great yogi. And so um, the self and the non-self converge in some world, and they become one. Of course, it's a higher world, but that's where everything converges. <clears throat> okay, so now we go on. And Baba says, because he reads the poem in Vasudev, I get some rest for my voice, and I feel much better. <laughs> the Gita says, Bhagavad Gita, uplift your own self, 
Don't expect others to lift you. You should do it on your own. You have supreme freedom. It's what this, uh, the Shavite scriptures say. You have, you have the freedom to create your life joyously. And normally, inadvertently, we make our life miserable because we don't control our minds. We don't make our mind move in the right direction. If it moves in the right direction, we get in touch with that higher power. If it moves in the wrong direction, we go into misery. Baba says, you can become anything you want to. People usually are concerned with other people's flaws. <clears throat> they want other people to improve, but they don't realize that not only are the others not improving, they're also bringing about their own downfall. Therefore, the Gita says, first of all, uplift your own self. By yourself, uplift your own self. The Gita says, know the self by the self. <clears throat> know your own self. If you understand your own self, you will know that you are great. And the great yogis say that greatness is within every one of us, no matter how bad we feel about ourselves, no matter how much we put ourselves down, no matter how much we compare ourselves invidiously to other people. That greatness is within us. That divinity is within us. <clears throat> he says, if you know your own self, then you can also know others. Then you won't be behave badly with others. You yourself are your own enemy or your own friend. Your own, it's in your hands. You can uplift yourself. You can do anything with yourself. You yourself are your own enemy and nobody else. If you only take care of your body, if you only know about your body, that's not sufficient. There is the inner being. You ought to know him too. And that's why we meditate, is to know the inner being, the essence, something more profound, not just cosmetics and externals, knowing something deeper. <clears throat> Once Fatima heard something falling on the floor, which made a great noise in Mullah's room. Fatima is Mullah Nasruddin's wife. And <clears throat> I was going to tell a funny story of Sheikh Nasruddin. She got very scared. She ran to the Mullah's room. She asked him, Oh, Mullah Nasruddin, what fell down? Mullah said, Nothing. My shirt fell on the floor. <laughs> Fatima could not believe him. She asked, Your shirt fell on the floor? Why would that make so much noise? The Mullah spoke very softly. You know? It so happened that I was inside the shirt. That's a Baba Nasruddin That's so silly. <clears throat> we all do the same thing. We think that our shirts fall down, but don't realize that along with the shirts, we also fall down. <laughs> as long as you don't know your own self, as long as you don't realize your inner self, you're all in the same predicament. Therefore, the Gita says, you yourself are your own enemy, you yourself are your own friend. For this reason, become your own friend and uplift yourself. Tonight is questions and answers. Now your questions. <clears throat> That's a book, could be book title, Now Your Questions. Uh, Baba Mulroy, Barbara Mulroy says, can you hasten self-realization 
or was the time for a chosen before birth? You have that question ever? Baba. <clears throat> it's not that self-realization was already chosen before birth. You have to put forth a lot of self-effort. In this world, people argue about self-effort and destiny. What is destiny? Destiny is nothing but your past self-effort. Interesting, huh? <clears throat> people say that it's true due to my destiny that I got this. Destiny is nothing but your past self-effort. Therefore, destiny and self-effort go hand in hand. So to attain the knowledge of the self, you ought to put forth self-effort. Bob was a great yogi, really believed in practice, doing the practice, doing the practice. <clears throat> Madhusudan, another question, Madhusudan. That's very likely the Madhusudan who lives here, has been to the ashram here. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Madhusudan, Babaji, how may one know with certainty the true voice of the heart? How can I know if guidance is coming from the ego or the self? This is a really good question. Because we follow that voice inside, and sometimes that voice leads us astray, doesn't it? It tells us, do this, do that. Marry this one, marry that one. Divorce this one, divorce that one. We keep hearing all these voices. <clears throat> Baba says, the guru will teach you whether it is coming from the ego or coming from the self. If you are true, then you will hear the voice of the heart. The voice you hear comes from whatever tape you have recorded. If you have taped false verses, false voices, <clears throat> then how can the true voice come out of the heart? <clears throat> Become true, then a true voice will come out of the heart. You should attain your own self. When you become the true self, the true voice will emanate from it. Then it is free from ego. If you haven't attained the self, but you're pretending that you've attained the self, then that is due to ego. <clears throat> that way you're deceiving yourself. Remember, you're not deceiving anybody else. You're putting dust into your own eyes. <clears throat> and the final question, long one. Uh, very suspicious question, but all right. Babaji, in Siddha Yoga, your devotees serve you in different capacities, each claiming that his or her seva is greater than the others. <laughs> I'm always suspicious of whenever they're finding fault with somebody else. I think Baba planted this question. <clears throat> Whose service do you consider the highest? The ones who work in the garden? Those who work in the shoe room? Those who wash dishes, the ones who cook in the kitchen, and the amrit, that's the, the snack shop, the swamis to whom you have given sannyas, the cashiers who collect money in amrit, and the financial office, those who have taken brahmacharya diksha, and the ones who give talks and hold advanced courses, those who teach hatha yoga, or the people in the office. <laughs> Nobody would dare ask Baba a question like that. And Baba says, your question was so long, I wondered whether it was a lecture or not. <laughs> First of all, the highest one is the one who works in the shoe room, because he or she is right there and takes people's shoes, 
and takes care of their shoes. So number one, because they give the shoes back to the same people without making any mistake. Of course, in, in the principle of the last shall be first, so they always, that's why they worship the guru's feet, because the feet are considered the lowest part, so they become the highest part by this strange. Uh... Number two, there are the people who wash dishes. Now thousands and thousands of people eat food, and they make the plates very dirty. And these people wash their dishes. We eat food. We eat food from plates. We make the plates very dirty. We make the plates, the tables dirty. Then people come and clean the tables. They wash the dishes. They make everything so clean. <clears throat> In ancient times, there was a big yagna, a big ceremony, big ritual, which Lord Krishna attended. He wanted to do the best seva there. He decided it was to pick up the leaf plates after the feast and throw them out. So in India, they eat on leaf plates. They stitch leaves together, and, they eat, and then they're, they're, they're disposable, and they're biodegradable, very ahead of their time. And they, so they throw them out. So it was considered the lowest of the low, this kind of seva, to pick up the leaf plates after people have eaten. But Krishna wanted to do that. Of course, this was the most humble seva, but the Lord did it, and it was great work. Next, that's the end of that. Next, the person who handles the money must be very trustworthy, very honest. So that person does great work, and only a very true soul can do it. <clears throat> Next, Kitchen and Amrit. They have no breaks, no courses, no advanced course, no sitting course, no standing course either. That, their course is occupied in making the best food for people and in serving people with love and with joy and in giving them food on time. It's not that they have to cook for people for one day, but every day. Even today, <laughs> there are a thousand people staying here. Not one day were they two minutes late. The lecturers, the Swamis are get, get, are usually late, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> no one came 30 minutes late for Baba, no one. No one came 30 seconds late, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> by the time they look at their files, the time passes by. The cooks are never late, so they're performing the best karma, the best action, because so many people eat food and become satisfied. The, the kitchen did extraordinary. I mean, there'd be a 1,000 or 2,000, and they'd serve three times a day, and they had pots this size, which they would stir with oars, and it was just extraordinary. And the heat from the food and so on, amazing. <clears throat> then those people who work in the garden, they fight with the earth. They've made the field so beautiful, so clean. It's really hot outside. And they take an axe and they just dig up the earth and they labor like anything. And I've done their jobs. I know that difficulty because they have to fight with the earth. So that's great savor. So don't think if you can teach three or four words to another person, you've learned everything. When my Baba was giving a lecture, he told me a story. Once there was a Vaishnavite sadhu, a yogi. <clears throat> he was taking care of a large parrot. 
He taught the parrot, he taught the parrot how to speak. Whoever went uh, with the parrot, went to the parrot, wherever went there, the parrot would say, hey, you ignorant, always repeat Sri Ram, Sri Ram, Sri Ram, then you will go across, you will attain. So one day the parrot was giving a lecture on Vedanta. <laughs> When a tomcat came and the cage door was open and the cat grabbed the parrot, the parrot forgot Sri Ram, Sri Ram, Sri Ram and said, Pam, Pam, Pam. <laughs> Baba used to go, people were crying, Baba would go, Pam, Pam, Pam. So I ought to do that. No one ever cries here, but if they do, I go, Pam, Pam, Pam. <laughs> so if you don't imbibe knowledge, <clears throat> that knowledge does not dance in your blood. If you don't follow it, if you don't bear it in mind, if you don't bear in mind other people's troubles, others' difficulties, others' labor, then what's the use of your meditation knowledge, yoga, yagna, or other austerities? If you only use two words of Vedanta and give a dry lecture to others, you're not doing anything. If you help others, then you're doing something. If you keep another person's heart very good, if you inspire another person to do the work, then you're doing something. If you consider your Vedanta and your knowledge a big mountain and you put down others' work, then that knowledge you have is nothing. It has no meaning. First of all, a yogi and a Vedantin, Vedantin's heart should be transformed. So whatever yoga you have done, whatever knowledge you have, they should be revealed. They should come out of you. It's not that you should just teach others. What's the use of just teaching others? You should really live these teachings. What do they say here? You should uh, walk the walk, right? Not just talk the talk. That's what they say. If you consider yourself very clever and smart, if you consider others very low, <clears throat> then that is the sign of the best fool. And each person's work in his or own field is greater than the greatest. You should have this understanding. So your actions should be very good. <clears throat> do you Vedantins have the knowledge of the parrot? Or do you have the real knowledge, the inner knowledge? Therefore the Lord said, first of all, uplift your own self. Then you'll understand all actions. The Upanishads say, all actions, all activities, all forms, all names, all colors, all religions, everything belongs to him. He himself exists in all of these. If you understand this, then you will know that all actions, all kinds of work are equal. There is neither high nor low. There is high and low in your weak understanding or if you lack understanding. A person should not come here with a desire to have a high position. If you don't have that expectation, then you already have a high position. If you come here and lose yourself here, then you will attain something. Every job is special in its own field. If you go to the hair salon, there's the barber. That's his special job. Uh, in the same way, if you go to the dry cleaners, 
It's the special job of that person to clean clothes. So every job is special in its own field. What higher position can there be than the self? That's nice. The boys come back? That's good. What higher position can there be than the self? Why do you want to give up this higher position? Don't do that. Hello. Hello, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's going to eat something else. <clears throat> oh, he's got. <laughs> hasn't learned his lesson. <laughs> Other questions will be answered tomorrow. <clears throat> Once again, with reverence and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Soon we'll have a big bandara, big feast, and, and uh, we will all eat together. It will be open for everybody. Once again, with all my heart, I welcome you. Satyanat Maharaj. Let me the original. I'll read a few of the of the. Uh, oh, we have a, a special treat of Baba's. Uh, I'll read a few more. Which ones didn't I read? Well, I have a few more to read. <clears throat> Should I read them as we watch Baba? We have a short video of Baba. All right, let's, I'll read a few. I'll read a few and then we'll meditate and we'll watch Baba. And <clears throat> so Baba says, pursuing yoga without conflicts, absorb your mind in the Lord of the universe. Oh dear one, don't squander your time. Banish distress and frustration. Another one. Don't be upset by the hardships of yoga. Don't be concerned with gain or with loss. As you move on the path towards the ocean of joy, why fear rubble and thorns on the wayside? Doesn't matter that there's difficulties in practice because you're going towards the ocean of joy. Uh, a couple more. With folded hands facing east or north, wholeheartedly pray to the Lord. With your whole being, honor your guru and worship the self. O oh, dear one, do just as your guru instructs you. On in-breath and out-breath, hold hum-sa, so-hum. I am that, the self am I, remembering I am that. So we'll watch a short video, Baba, then we'll meditate. For 10 minutes. Once again, with great respect and love on this uh, occasion of Baba's Mahasamadhi, I welcome you all with all my heart. Sakurana Maharaj Let's watch the video.